Welcome back, mate. It's been a long time coming, I think. What about yeah. you? Oh, yeah. No, I'm really excited to get started, to get stuck back in. It's just been so many things going on, so many things to talk about, changes of direction for me and um, I want to talk about, and obviously the whole world has changed, so why not? Why not get stuck in? Yeah, well... You start then, go on, tell us what's been going down. Obviously, we've not I've, I've briefly seen you in the short period or window that we yeah, had yeah. out of lockdown. Well, so what's been going down? Well, I was just thinking about it before we came on. And so two weeks into lockdown, one of our developers, and we're a small team, remember, four of us, um, handed in his newest. And it was all amicable and worked out just fine. But then we were recruiting through in lockdown. We found somebody new. He's come in. He's been great. And uh, but we had we then had that that sort of existential question: Are we going to do remote, and are we going to you know permanently remote? Because obviously everyone's pretty much everyone who can is remote during lockdown, right? During COVID, um, but what are we going to do thereafter? And uh, yeah, I think it's been that is that for me today for you and I. That's one thing I really want to talk about. We ultimately didn't have to make the decision. Because uh, the guy we got is um, Manchester-based, so and so are we. So it was, it's all good. And we've managed to delay the decision making. So that's one thing. And then the next thing is um, went and sold the business, didn't I? Wow. And, uh, yeah. So um, that's a big change. We've sold the business to a Canadian company with global reach called 360 Insights, and now we're focusing on the product that we spend probably eighty percent of our time on anyway which is the CRs, my rewards and GPS products um, for their channel sales and incentive. So for most the day-to-day, it's not change. You're not for the dev team anyway. For me, it's changed quite a bit as I'm no longer out there uh, knocking on doors and uh, chasing people down for new work. And how did you find the process of selling the business, particularly uh, like, you know, obviously selling a business in any sort of climate is a lot, a lot of face-to-face stuff. There's a lot of interest going on. There's a lot of due diligence that's done, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it must have been an unusual climate to sort of do that. It was. And I think if I'd sold the business before, I'd probably have something to compare it to. And I didn't. Yeah, I so it's uh, that... But yeah, and it was, it, because of the way that, that it was structured between ourselves and corporate rewards, and a lot of it was at arm's length, and it was all via email, and it was a couple of phone calls, and you know what the, you know some some details had to be decided up front, um, how you know how things would be done in the future, uh, but for the most part, it was done via email. You know, can you do this? Can you read this? Does this look right? Are you happy with this? And we just carry on and we just got, you know, got it done. And the acquiring company, very keen to get it done very quickly. That was their MO. They sort of do it in a few weeks. And it took longer than that, probably seven, eight weeks or something. It's still pretty yeah. quick. So yeah. pretty quick. But no, it was good. It was, and I think it's the right decision for us in the business and allows me to, in this, I suppose in our podcast, right, what I really want to do now is focus more on the people and the process and businesses and how people are doing and how businesses are getting on how tech teams are doing, how tech businesses are doing. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess it's, it's good for me and it's good for this, hopefully for this podcast so that we can um, maybe focus a bit more on those kind of things. So how about you, mate? Give us your, what's your uh, quick update or do you have a quick update? Quick? Where do you want me to start? About March, the 20-something. <laughs> it's been challenging. A lot of people do know, so, you know, without going into masses of detail, but... My father was extremely ill with COVID. He was one of the first patients in the UK to be intubated. 
Um, he wasn't tested because at that point they weren't testing people and he just became very poorly and nearly died on a number of occasions but managed to pull through after 28 days in intensive care. Not the man that he was, however, he's alive, which is really, really important. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my best friend uh, basically took his own life because of COVID, because it was too much for him. So, yeah, so much has gone on. It's been a really tough time personally and all, all at the same time with the backdrop of trying to steer a, a, a business ship as well at the same yeah. juncture. So, so it's been challenging. You know, you've also got the fact that you've got young children, you've been in lockdown. There's just so much going on and so much been happening. So, yeah, it's been, to, to put it lightly, it's just been extremely challenging. However... Yeah. You know, we continue and I think, you know, we've all become accustomed to doing things slightly differently from a business perspective. Going back to work has been good. You know, if we set the personal challenges aside from we had to make some tough decisions with the business in the early stages, like probably a lot of businesses did. We did lose a few people and some of our own choice. And then one person decided to leave the business of their own accord. And they've been a very loyal employee and done a really good job for us for a number of years. So I'm pleased that they've given themselves the opportunity to move in the direction that they want, not with us anymore. But it's also been a, a good time and reflective time for us to sort of look at what we want to do with the business. And, you know, now things have settled. I think what we've tended to find in the, uh, certainly from probably the middle of July onwards when we were sort of going back into work and stuff like that and part in work and part working from home. You know, we've sort of adapted, I think, to the environment and ad yeah. adapted to the culture. And it's quite an interesting topic, this remote working. It's probably more challenging in some areas than others, you know, maybe yeah. from a developer's perspective to a salesperson's perspective, as long as people have really clear plans in place and, you know, people are happy with it, then, you know, it's tended to work quite well for us. And I think lots of people are enjoying the blend between the two. Yeah. Um, I think what's quite interesting for me, though, is that I've seen a lot of people say for a number of years that, oh, I wish I had more time at home. I wish I had more time at home. And I think a lot of people did feel that way. However, I do feel a lot of people also have realised how important it is for personal interaction and actually be, to be with people. So I think this, this, it's been really interesting to sort of see. I think people do, you know, a blend is good. Yeah. You know, Mr. Waterford, the world runs dry, right? So I think yeah. people have known gone, you know what? I, you know, I don't miss the commute, right? There's not, I don't have any issue with the commute per se. It was a nice time. I read it was okay. But it's an hour uh, for me. And I know some people have half an hour and two hours, right? But, you know, I don't miss that losing that time. I'm glad to have that time back. But I do miss the interaction in the office. And even though, you know, we didn't interact necessarily all the time all day, it was the buzz of people around. And, and a lot of people have said the same to me, you know, including my own team. People on the team have missed, you know, that sort of social side of it, the, the water cooler chat and, and whatever else. So I, I think, yeah, that's that blend. I've written it down the word blend. I think that's, that's, the, that's the key word here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that presents its challenge in itself because it is, I think the blend's good, but equally, if you're a, a business owner, then you're the one that's paying for your office five days a week. You're <laughs> yeah. going to stay around and go, I'll tell you what. So, so you know, it, it, it's been, as I say, times. However, what I would say is that that 
adaptation of the working environment has been interesting mm. but once the that sort of occurred and people have got the head around it i think fundamentally the in not the industry but but the um economy was still thriving and doing well so i think it's not like a, a recession and and i'm you know lots of people have lost a job it's extremely challenging for all of yeah, those right. That have lost the jobs, but equally, I think that's been forced upon us, not necessarily where the economy was. I think the economy was generally, you know, yeah. very, very strong, and people were seeking. I think it's there's maybe been several different shifts in how people's mindset is. Do people want to move? Certainly, those skilled people are they probably more likely to stay where they are? Are people trying to cling on to some of their really good staff, but letting some of their other staff go? So yeah. it, it, there's so many different things that have gone on. You know, certainly from July onwards, I have felt that even with all the challenges, our business has, has, has been fairly robust. We've been had some yeah. up and down months, but you know, we had an, an excellent month last month. IT demand still remains fairly high. I wouldn't say it was pre-COVID from a demand perspective. And yet we've had our best month last month that we've ever had in our IT business. So it just shows you whilst demand might not be so, so high, ultimately the demand is to a level that actually those people that are buying are buying, but maybe yeah. just many of them. Yeah. And uh, our engineering business, I mean, that has been remarkably consistent in its performance for the past three to four months. So all things being told, from your father being classed as patient zero for catching COVID in the community and being the first intubated patient in a particular hospital, yeah. to where we are today, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been a it's challenging been, year. I'll tell you, I wanna bring you back something then, like we, I suppose we've been looking in our business that the, the people we've got are very, really like what they do and they, they're very they're used to getting on and working on on their own. But I know I've spoken to some business owners and they said that when lockdown came, some of their team struggled either to motivate themselves or to basically get on with the job when someone wasn't keeping tabs on them or managing them or giving them the nudge that they needed. And that's not that's not just trying to do the service to any of those people. Some people, you know, they're junior and they're working their way up in their role or they, they need a lot more you know, care and attention than maybe someone who's a bit more senior has been doing it a while and knows the way around. I suppose, did you, have you heard of that or did you feel, did you see that in any, any part of your business? In respect to how people were managed? Yeah, I mean, it's harder to manage people you can see. I think that's fair or it's different. I don't say it's harder, right? So you, you can't, you know, sidle over to someone's desk going, are you doing all right? How's it going? How's, you know, what's, how's the day been? You're making the numbers? We're different, yeah. right? We're <laughs> I definitely think it's been, it, it was hugely challenging at the start. Yeah. You know, in particular because, I mean, for me, I found it really difficult because I had so much external pressure mm. going on that a lot of it was a blur for me. And, you know, whether or not, we really understood what we needed to do as well as what we do now, I think is, 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 is something interesting. And what I would say is, I think the difference is, is that what you've done is we've been able to learn from it. So basically what happened was overnight, you were taken outside of your comfort zone that you've been doing forever. <laughs> and all of a sudden put in an, in, a, in an alien environment 
and told that you need to manage all of these people, but actually you don't know what's going to happen with the business. You don't know what's going to go under. So your immediate reaction is to shut everything down and basically just almost hold on to everything and then make decisions off the cuff. And I think what I would prefer to concentrate on is the lessons that you've learned from it. And I think some of the lessons we've learned from it are everyone has got a plan. And as long as everyone's got a plan and everyone's aware of what that plan is, then you can basically monitor against that plan. Because prior, people might have had plans, but they were there with you all the time, working away, working away. So you sort of knew what people were doing. Whereas you didn't know what people were doing at the start of lockdown. And, and yeah. also, you've not just got that pressure, but you've also got the pressure of not knowing what people are doing, thinking to yourself, well, hang on a minute, I've had one, two, three clients that have cancelled all of the recruitment. All of a sudden, well, what does that mean? Is everything going to go catastrophic? Are we not going to have a business in six months? We need to keep hold and consolidate our cash and make sure everyone's performing to get us out of this. So yeah. there's a lot of things that we've learned along the way. And I certainly feel at the moment, I'm, I'm actually really, really excited about the current team that we've got in place. And even more excited about some of the hires that uh, we're potentially going to be bringing in at the moment. So we've got quite a number of people that we've offered jobs to that will be starting with us as well. So we're actually investing at the moment. We are doing that based on the fact that we were very, very sensible as a business over a number of years prior to that. You know, we yeah. didn't we didn't really take our profits out. We kept them and reinvested, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So one thing that really struck me was at the start of lockdown, I think most people were in a one form or another kind of crisis management, like, oh, my God, what do we do? How is the world going to work and change now? And I was like, right, hold on. Everything is going to just keep everything still. And we can start thinking about it and sort it out. And then two weeks in, someone hands their nose and you go, well, clearly people aren't going to just sit still. I was clearly yeah. wrong about that. And the, move, the world is just moving on and moving on. People doing the thing. I spoke to someone last week and she said, yeah, I've changed jobs. I'm still working in the kitchen. <laughs> it just really brought home to me the, the impact that COVID's having in that. She's changed roles. She's in a different company. It's a different, but she's still sat in the kitchen looking at, you know, using someone else's computer to log into it as you can call so i think that i think that's worth bringing out what one thing that i want to talk to you about then is where do you think it's going to go everyone's talking about this blend of remote versus on-site what about 100 remote what about you know businesses that will it's fine to say we'll do blended right that makes total sense i think every business now not every but loads of business will say yeah yeah we you know we can reduce our office size we can save some money there. People can work from home. They're happier. It's a blended approach. But what about, yeah, you're Manchester-based, so am I. Somebody comes and says, I'm from um, Northampton. I want a job at Chroma or, you know, someone wants a job at Craytech or any business. They're going to have to start thinking about that now. Um, I think it's quite interesting. I mean, you know, I would say, I'm trying to wrap my brain, be dealing with a lot of clients at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, 85 to 90% are saying to me that they will want people to come into the office. Right. And I think a lot of them are saying, you know, look, we are going to be continuing to work from home. However, our plan is to return to the office at some point. Yeah. I think people are even 
there's, there's only one business that I've spoken to that's going to stay 100% remote and don't want the person coming into the office at all. I think most people, even if it's only going into the office once a month, you know, um, they still want to be able to see that person. So I had a situation, there was a kid that I knew who was looking to move on from where he was. He was about to move to another country, really good candidate, excellent, 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 brilliant coder. Everybody that I'd ever spoken to him was like, this guy's amazing. Tommy wanted to move to another country because he'd do it 100% remotely. Spoke to a number of companies and each company was put off by the fact that he wasn't here in the UK. And he was okay that he was doing remote, but he wasn't able to attend the office very, very quickly. So it did put them off. However, I've got another business that I've recruited for just recently, and they were really, really happy with the person being remote, virtually 100%, but they were remote within the UK and they had the ability to get to the office very, very quickly if a big project was to come in for things to start off and stuff like that. So I I think it's a blend, but most of the businesses that I'm speaking to eventually want to go back to having people in the office uh, whether that's a blend I think there's definitely more um, I'd probably argue there's there's more openness to bringing somebody on who is remote working than what there was before I think the 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 fear of it which is what it was before yeah that's dissipated a lot i think that's sort of really sort of come down to a whole new level people are more comfortable with people working remotely whereas they weren't comfortable with it before and i think that's a big difference they didn't know what good looked like in a remote employee and now they can they can see that you know that it it's obvious what a good person is doing producing contributing um, I think where I'd be worried is that there was a kind of a subculture around those who did work in an office and those who worked remotely and that the people who worked remotely somehow missed out. So that if you did your company updates or your social or, or whatever, and you did those in person, but what people were missing out on, missing out on some of the, the changes in the business and they, they felt like maybe second class citizens to those who came into the office. That'd be my concern if I was a you know, business owner in these times. But I can... I've seen that before, actually, John, funnily enough. Funny you should say yeah. that, because I've seen that before, where a business is headquarters, for argument's sake, are in Manchester, and then they open a second office in London, or they open yeah. a second office somewhere else, and all the decisions are made in the headquarters, and then what happens is the London office, in unusual, but, you know, let's stick yeah. to one Groups. The London office is the, the regional office and actually they're getting everything second rate and they feel like they're not getting the level of support as what head office yeah. So I think that's something that's fairly common. Oh, a lot of people that I know who've been in that environment have always said, oh, well, we always get everything second anyway. Yeah, that's funny. I'll tell you what, the other thing that I like, one thing that I've noticed a positive that's come out of this is that people are a bit more accepting of your personal home situation and it's no longer an embarrassment if you know your child screaming in the background or the postman comes or whatever or even the fact that you're working from home like there was a time when like oh yeah i'm sorry i'm working from home today you have to apologize i understand everyone is so there's no need to mention it not everyone but a lot of us but the fact is that someone can knock on the door walk in no one even flinches because we're all there we're all in the same boat and you probably heard the same horror stories and funny stories that i have but I think that's good. I think that's that's a reduced the barrier for for some people where 
you know, maybe they wanted some kind of blended home and work life that they, you know, that they were somehow marginalized because they weren't in the office or you know, they weren't treated the same. And now that's leveled. And I think um, hashtag lockdown too, or the sequel is probably a lot more challenging, but less challenging than hashtag lockdown one. Because yeah. I think hashtag lockdown one, or the <laughs> first episode, it was coming into spring, the weather was really good, etc., etc. So it was a nicer yeah. environment to be in. However, equally, it was a lot tougher because, for example, I've got a, a five-year-old and a, a six-year-old, or at the time I had a four-year-old and a five-year-old, and yeah. to have them both at home 24-7 with yourself and a wife who works for the NHS was incredibly challenging. I mean, how was I able to work with a four and a five-year-old when my wife was at work? Uh, how, how are you supposed to do that? You know, never mind whole homeschooling. You try and do any form of work because a lot of the work that you put in, I don't know if your work's the same, but certainly in our game, you know, you might make a number of calls and then people don't come back to you that day, but that work might come towards the end of the week. So when my wife was at home looking after the kids, that was fantastic. However, then what would happen is she'd go to work and all of a sudden you'd get call after call for all the work you put in at the start of the week. And, you know, your four-year-old and your five-year-old, like you say, it's okay turning around and saying people are understanding of it. But yeah. when that a full-scale brawl over a Barbie, you know, it's challenging. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just give them their Barbie bag. <laughs> um, whereas this lockdown... The weather's not as good, it's winter, it's colder, it's a little bit more depressing in that respect. I've certainly not found it as challenging. I mean, don't get me wrong, I had a lot going on earlier on in the year. But in the respect of the kids are at yeah. school, we are better at working remotely. Everyone's got clearer plans, you know. People are a little bit more understanding of every situation, you know, from a business owner you're now going, right, well, I understand it a bit more, better. I've managed my business well. I've either reduced my overheads or I've got them to where they are so we can survive this for the next X amount of months. I think that's been a huge difference between the two. And yet, actually, environment-wise, it's probably trickier at this time of year from a feeling perspective to that time of year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're different. And they're, you know, harder for some and easier for others. I mean, as you say, if you've got young children and if they're either at school or nursery, it makes it so much easier if they're not around or you don't have to parent them and, you, you know, you're off the hook for the day. Would you have done anything differently if you knew then what you know now at the start of lockdown? Would you have done any one thing like, I wish I had invested in Zoom? <laughs> it's quite an interesting one if you'd have done something differently. I think... Yeah. Looking back at it now, if we'd have done remote working previously, I wish everyone had had a bit of a clearer plan. Yeah. Because you've got to remember, from your perspective, you know, you're, you're a software developer, you know, you're, you're working on a load of code or you're putting stuff together and then it's delivered at the end of it. It's something tangible that you can see. From yeah. our perspective, ours is sales. Do you know if people are making as many calls as what they should be making? Are yeah. people, at least, number one, there's two things. One, Forget it from our perspective. It's the actual consultants themselves. They need their own plan. They need their own support. You know what I mean? They need yeah. to be able to have their own. You know, it's all right when you're in your office and your manager's there and your manager's supporting you or you want a bit of guidance and stuff like that. 
you know, and it was all alien to us going on to Zoom. You know, we're yeah. not used to doing that type of stuff. So yeah. I guess what then, okay, maybe a fairer question then is what, apart from the blended approach to work that I think a lot of businesses are now going to adopt in one form or another, do you think anything else is going to change? And doesn't that be your business? Like you're, you're, you've got your ear on the, on the ground, so to speak, don't you? You know what businesses are saying, hey, this is, we're doing this now or we're going is there anything, anything seismic shift happening that you're aware of that business are now going, you know, we're ditching the office or we're doing something else or we're definitely having offsites, quarterly socials or anything new or people just carrying on? I mean, obviously the big ones, remote work, isn't it? That's the, the I think the biggest one has been people accepting that remote working can work to a degree. I yeah. think that's definitely a, a shift. I think that... See, I'm not too sure that, in, certainly in the IT part of our business, whether or not a lot of the challenges stem purely down to COVID, because I think software development in particular, or IT in particular, can be done remotely a lot better than a lot of other stuff, because mm-hmm. it's just IT. Yeah. Um, you, know, you can't pack boxes remotely, can you? you know, yeah. But you can write code remotely. That's just the way it is. But... And, and this is something that's quite interesting. This is going to completely throw you. You're going to be dead shot now. But I'm wondering how much Brexit is potentially affecting IT and the movement of IT staff. What I've noticed is, is that there's definitely nowhere. Developers were difficult to get hold of before. Mm-hmm. Yeah? There was always a demand for IT people. But I think that demand's increased. And I don't know whether that demand's increased because... There's not as many European people coming into the market as what were coming in before. You know, um, people haven't stayed here as many as what did before. People haven't yeah. been coming to the country as what they did before. And I'm not saying that won't be solved once we've left and the government have decided how people can come and work here. But I feel that we're certainly in a bit of a vacuum period at the moment, which is, would you, if you were Italian, Spanish or Romanian or whatever, want to come and work in the UK? Before COVID happened, you weren't coming anyway because of Brexit. Now, has that added to it? Oh, yeah, or I'm going to flip that on you, right? So that is a, gr- a great point. And you, you probably know better than most. But I wonder if we're going to see a shift in the other direction where they say, well, we can still hire Europeans because they're not in our country, right? They're not setting foot on soil. They can work from remotely. And we'll just pay them in euros and they're just a consultant then and there's nothing stopping that level of trade presuming we get some kind of trade deal <laughs> so at some point yeah I don't, yeah I don't i don't know about that one what what i do know is is that there's a lot of recruitment businesses that certainly sit within our field but generally that have all tried to work more internationally over the yeah. past six months to 12 months than i've ever known the amount of people that I speak to, like, yeah, we're setting up an international office, we're investing in the States, we're investing in a Germany, or we're investing in an office somewhere else. So I just, I just think that sometimes, at the moment, COVID is blamed for everything. And I think it yeah. obviously has a huge impact because it's just, unfortunately, been you know, stamped on, on, on what's going on in our lives at the moment. But I think Brexit has got quite a lot to answer for with the market in the UK at the moment. Yeah, I think the word you use, vacuum, I think there will be a vacuum and something will, will fill that, whether that be some kind of remote work from either Europe or beyond, fill back into the K, or people coming up, more more coming through the 
the code academies and universities and more of that because yeah, i mean you know that's good that should continue and so on but the demand is so great as you know within it generally you know yeah. if you think about it i mean we've had this conversation a million times on our well not a million times but we've had this conversation quite a few times on our podcast just yeah. about sort of some of the players that came to Manchester and set up operations in Manchester, they had overheads in London, which were way high, so they were prepared to pay a lot more for people. So the demand has always been great in Manchester, certainly over the past three to four years, five yeah. years, even since we've known each other, and it's continued to increase. But there's probably a greater challenge at this moment in time with not knowing what the outcome is. And when I say the outcome, we know the outcome is that we're leaving the European Union on the 31st of December. What we don't know is what does that look like? Are we leaving with a deal? Are we leaving without a deal? Are we leaving where people can come to the UK easily? Is it going to be an Australian point system? Is it not? Well, if you were a developer, John, and you wanted to go and work in Italy, and at this moment in time, you didn't know what that was going to look like, would you go? No, you wouldn't. And equally, if you've been here for a long period of time and you're thinking, oh, in Italy for a long period of time, you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, I need to get out now. You would have gone by now. So I just think it's that vacuum that we're in at the moment. Layer on top COVID when that's all hectic and all these people that haven't come here or yeah. haven't chosen to come here and so on, it's hugely challenging. I mean, you know, you speak to anybody in any IT department, and they will say that we have a blended, any business, they have a blended sort of type of workforce. The workforce can come from Europe, it can come from Asia, it can come from the UK. It's brilliant the fact that we've got such a diverse workforce, but when you chuck Brexit into it from a European perspective, it's one of those which is a bit like, hang on a minute, I'm not surprised there's an additional skill shortage because no one knows whether they should be coming or they shouldn't be coming. Yeah, it's a big fucking mess is what Brexit is. And it's just maybe... <laughs> that's where it's being prepared for the 31st of January. I'm thinking, prepared for what? <laughs> <laughs> they put one of them on LinkedIn and the comments were like, mate, what are you talking about? It's, no, it's you know, it's a shit show. And people were so rude. It was like a government-sponsored ad. I think they must have had the term oh. comments at the end. Yeah, no one knows. And you're right, the uncertainty kills any kind of work movement, people, you know, industry. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. You're right. I think it, it, it needs a, to take at least some of the brunt of uh, the uncertainty and the, the horror. Why, what do you think is going to happen to our poor, poor uh, entertainment and restaurant and uh, bar businesses? I mean, I know you're not dealing with them. Do you think we're going to... I'm just so worried about it because it's, you know, it's the face of Manchester. It's the thing people... You know, we, as you said, you and I have talked about Manchester. We talked about things like the Hacienda and the music scene and, you know, the club scene and the nightlife. It's a big, big part of it. And it's... I think eventually it, it will recover because I think that ultimately we can probably see, you know, never mind Manchester, you and I live very local to each other. Mm. And we noticed our high streets changing or our local village high streets changing, that everything is restaurants, bars and stuff like that. So I think eventually it will probably recover because the days of having a shop that, you know, uh, sells clothes on, on our local street corner just isn't there anymore. You know, I mean, it's quite an interesting topic. And I'll tell you what, what I, I will touch on with you in a minute is, is, is online e-commerce and where that goes, because that's, that's a, a seismic shift in my view. 
But I think they will eventually recover. I just think it's really, really sad. And I feel so sorry for so many people because I don't know how you felt, but certainly right at the start, I felt extremely daunted about the... And even now, I'm not saying that I don't feel that way, but I just feel that we're a little bit more uh, weathered to it, to a degree. But Mm. I felt I'd put three to four years hard work into building our business to a certain level and you were thinking, shit, is it going to fall off a cliff? Are we going to have a business in six months' time? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been punished, but nowhere near like those businesses have. Yeah. So I just hope they do recover. And I do think that invariably once confidence comes back and you know, hopefully they have got a vaccine or they become better at treating, which it seems that they're going in that direction, yeah. at some point then people will want to go out. I mean, you saw it in Eat Out to Help Out. I mean, a lot of them were reporting the, the most record you know the best day of trading they've ever had because of that sort of eat out to help out scheme but i think that's just indicative of people they want to go back out there they want to do these things i'll tell you what i found really sad though my parents once they recovered they then went to cyprus and recuperated for around six to eight weeks and i went to the airport to pick them up and i tell you what it was something that really took me back because anybody that goes to an airport to pick up any friends, family or whatever, an airport is something that is busy, it's vibrant, there's emotion, whether that's sadness or whether that's happiness, there's joy. There's so many different emotions that you catch when you go to an airport. It's brilliant. I mean, anyone that has ever seen Love Actually, that opening to the airport, I went to the airport to pick them up and there was nobody there. It was the weirdest experience I've ever, you know, and Manchester Airport was completely dead. The bizarrest experience I've ever had in my life. And that, I remember coming away, driving home, dropping them off, coming home and just saying to Gemma, I just, I remember walking in going, that was so sad. I drove past the car parks, they were all empty. I got to the roundabout where I was going to pick them up. Nobody there apart from my mum and dad. And that's just what you see. You just see motion at an airport. Yeah. But throw something at you. Go on. Online e-commerce. Now, where's that going? Well, I mean, it's been pretty obvious where it's been going for a decade. But, you know, the shift has been huge. People who've never shopped online are shopping online. I think that's the difference. It's not who's selling online. Although there's some of that as well. There's businesses who never sold online are now selling online, which I think is amazing, which is a great way forward. But there's the, the type of people who are shopping online. What I did read about recently, because obviously the big winners here are your Amazons and whoever else. There's a, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but we can maybe find it later. There's a company that I've set up in the US and they are all, it's a not-for-profit as far as I'm aware, and they're collecting all the small bookshops together to sell online to compete with Amazon. So you can go on, you can buy your book online and pick it up from your local bookshop because they'll stock it for you. You might have to wait two days, but you're not putting, you're not putting £2.50 in Jeff Bezos' pocket because he doesn't need it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that, that's nice to see that people are, there's a, there's a um, social responsibility coming out. That is one of the nice things we've seen in COVID, that people are pulling together, not all the time, but you know, sometimes people are really pulled together and, being a real community, eat out to help out is another one where people, you know, genuinely wanted to go back to their pub or their restaurant. They wanted to see them do well and they probably bought more than they would have done normally. And, you know, for those who, who could afford it, I think it was a great, it was a great thing to see. Yeah, e-commerce, obviously, you know me, I'm, 
I'm very pro-tech, so I think e-commerce is where it's all at. But it's not, nothing's new, really. It's just the size. That's what I think. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I've got to say I was never, you know, um, I, I never massively shopped online myself because of the fact that I just always tried stuff on. I always knew how it was going, the direction it was going, and my wife certainly was getting more and more and more obsessed with it um <laughs> uh, not quite obsessed but you know she did she used to shop online and i think she was certainly going in that direction however when you did find yourself in lockdown you know you did look online didn't you, you know it's different isn't it for, for for me or for you you work in manchester i work in manchester it's very very easy to go to the shops to get some lunch and think oh i need a t-shirt i'll pop into a shop Whereas my wife doesn't work in a city centre, so if she wants something, she will look online, like a lot of people do. So, um, but what I found really, really quickly was I could do a t-shirt. So I look online, and then what happens is I purchase a t-shirt, it arrives, and I'm waiting in baited anticipation of this t-shirt arriving and seeing if it'll fit and if it'll be good. So then buy that t-shirt because I really, really like it. And the next thing, they send me a 15% off, and I think, oh, that's all right. Let me have a, oh, I like that. That's good. I find it amazing how you captured is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I can understand why you become very, very easily obsessed because it's so easy. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, I was playing golf once golf had come off, you know, like, and I'd normally go to American golf, buy some golf balls. Um, whereas I ordered some golf balls on Amazon and it came that day, like literally ping like that, gone. I was like, because I'm not the best golfer in the world. I lost all of them, but by the end of the <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, right, I need some more. So now I don't go to the shop anymore. I just order it online, ping, click. It's, it's amazing. Double tap here. And we'll take money out of your account and we'll send you some. How good's that? Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? But what, yeah. what we're doing is just going to go and go and go. I just I think it's brilliant the tech that they put behind it and how smart they are. And I do think that if you asked me the question earlier on about what I thought about bars and restaurants, I feel that they will recover. What do I feel about retail stores? actually huge massive stores i think they're in for a shot uh, well uh, yeah they were already in for a shot but a bigger shot than what they were before yeah it's different though isn't it because on clothes buying clothes is quite uh, as you say you need to know if they fit or not and you know reading about what happens particularly in in manufacturing of clothes that they have optimized for sale but not optimized for keep so people were buying three of something and sending two back or and, you know, it was costing the, the, the retailer a lot. So I think the e-commerce is getting smarter and smarter with your 15% off or, you know, with the color of the buttons, the way Amazon did all of that, or whether it be VR showing you what your shoe looks like or trying stuff on in a virtual mirror. All of that is happening and more of it's going to happen. All right, mate, that was brilliant. Thanks very much. It was good to catch up. I know. Weird, isn't it, though? I know. We'll, we'll get used to it. We'll get our head around it. <laughs> All right, mate, take care. Okay, you too. See you. See ya. Bye.